This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. All right, week four for the Carolina Panthers. So let's go four things. Four things to keep an eye on for Panthers-Vikings this Sunday. Number one, Bryce's ankle. Bryce Young missed this past game against the Seattle Seahawks with an ankle injury, which is weird because it was on Thursday last week that he was declared out. It wasn't even like, all right, let's see how it feels in practice. Or maybe sometimes you don't even hear till Saturday. Because you don't want other teams to know. They wouldn't have said Thursday last week, ah, he's out. But then now it seems like he's fine. Bryce Young asked by the media yesterday during his press conference, hey, Bryce, um, in that game against the Saints, when did you actually hurt your ankle? No, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I don't. Was it something that after the game, you, you know, like when did you first feel like you were hurt? Yeah, um, you know, after after the game was, um, you know, kind of when it when it all came about. Okay. Oh, little Christ. little little hesitation there. Now I'm not going to go full conspiracy theory. I've never been like big on the conspiracy yeah. theory type thing. His but answers just don't help. <laughs> it doesn't, especially when he was asked about like, all right, what was the nature of the injury? It's a part of the game, you know, um, you know, it, it's a part of it. Um, and, you know, for me, it was just just listening to the to the training staff. Um, you know, they obviously they, they know all the you know, I'm I, I try to do everything I can to know the football side. And I'm just in the same way that they know, you know, they they know the body. They know the medical side of it. Um, so that was just, you know, that was just the, the decision that was that was that was, you know, that was made. I, I trust them. Uh, I know it was the right thing. Um, so, you know, I I, I kind of. I don't really know all the specifics, you know. I know the, I know what what you know. I know what happened, but I know again what it as far as um you know the decision was exactly what it what it should have been. So, um you know I, for me it's just focusing on the game. Buddy, go, um, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> I, I I'm not sure what the injury was. I know what happened, but at the same time it doesn't. It's just like all right, man. Now 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 you've opened the door up for questions. Which by the way, this was pointed out earlier this week. We actually didn't know which ankle was injured right. until literally Wednesday. Because, like, oh, it's his right ankle yeah. that's taped up. Because we didn't even know last week. Always oh, heard it was ankle. They were told us, like, yeah, right ankle yeah. or left ankle. <laughs> we, not, we didn't actually know. Hey, Bryce, which ankle? Um, well, you know, uh, I just trust, I, what I they trust say. the medical staff. Yeah. So it's like, okay, <laughs> hold on here. So again, this opens up doors into or opens up the conversation a lot regarding, like, okay, how hurt was he? Yeah. You know? Was he hurt or, or if was you are he hurt? a conspiracy theorist? Exactly. Like, was he hurt? But also, it's just the fact that a lot of people are thinking, like, okay, maybe they're using this as an excuse to just rest him for a day or rest him for a game to kind of, like, mentally reset. Now, my guess, because he was a full participant in practice yesterday, full participant in practice on Wednesday, Coming off from missing a game, it's like, okay. Now, C.J. Henderson, who we saw roll his ankle against uh, the Seattle Seahawks and miss the rest of the game against the Seahawks, was a full participant in practice yesterday. So it's like, okay, we went from limited Wednesday to full participant yesterday. We, We actually physically saw that injury and actually him come out of the game. We didn't see that with Bryce. So there's no actual, like, again, there's so much just, like, uncertainty when it comes to this, which I guess is... 
smart if you're an organization. You don't want people to know. But uh, I don't know, man. It's just it just looks so it looks bad. shady. It and really it just, does. It's smelly. It's you know, I, I try not to be a conspiracy theorist either. But when you have Bryce not fumbling on the field, but fumbling all over himself during press conferences trying that, to answer a question, yeah, I'm like, mm, buddy, you yes. should know. Like, how did your ankle feel? Like, and, and it's it's your body. Like, you have to yeah. know your body as an athlete. Now, I will say this is I I played lacrosse through college. I even played football my freshman year as well. And there's sometimes I'll wake up after a game the next morning and be like, oh, when did this start hurting? Sure. When did this happen? Like that stuff does happen. But you got to know your body. And so when he's up there saying, like, you know, like, I just... You I know, trust they, the medical staff. I, I only focus on football. So, like, okay, did they come up to you and tell you, like, hey, your ankle's not working. It You're sitting. Look right. It doesn't look right <laughs> no. at all. My guess is that... My guess is the fact that because their offensive line is very not good. Very much not good. Very, um, yes, very, very bad. Very bad um, that, all right, all right, you know what? If this was like, hey, we have a chance to make the playoffs here, if this was a high-stakes game, that dude was playing. Right. But I think it's like, you know what? Let's just be smart with it. Make sure you are fully ready to go because you're going to have to escape. Yeah. <laughs> you have to escape. So the first two weeks of the season for Bryce Young, he was pressured on 33% of his dropbacks. Okay, what does that mean? Well, I'll paint the picture for you. So, for example, on first down, let's say they throw the ball three straight times. On first down... He completes a pass, let's say, to Adam Thielen because that's the only person catching passes right now. Exactly. So he completes a pass to Adam Thielen and goes for four yards because that's really about how far these passes have been going for Bryce Young. So then on second down... Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90%, give the money, and then we meet every year and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. He gets pressured like the defensive lineman and uh, let's say uh, the defensive end against Icky Kwanu beats him around the corner and he has to run out of the pocket and he has to throw the ball away on the second down and then on third down he throws one underneath to Hayden Hurst who catches the ball for five yards uh th- there it is three now punt that's what it's been mostly for Bryce Young he's literally pressured on one out of every three times he passes the football one out of every three that's not good. Yeah, I want to have a healthy ankle, too. All right, so that's the first thing, Bryce Young's ankle. Second thing, injuries as a whole are mounting up right now for this Panthers oh, team. Bad. And it's it's not, it, it's especially on defense. We've already seen J.C. Horn go out with a hamstring injury, which I hate to say was predictable to him yeah. getting hurt. Then we had Shaq Thompson goes out with Huge an injury hit. as well. Massive. Then during this past game, we saw Xavier Woods go out the hamstring injury. The reports are anywhere from like a month to six weeks for Xavier Woods. Okay, and then so now, how can it get worse? Oh, it can get a lot worse. Uh-huh. So you're already down three starters going into this game against Minnesota. We saw C.J. Henderson go out with an ankle injury against the, the Seahawks, though he was a full participant in practice. But again, those things can be re-aggravated. Frankie Lufu went out late in the first half against the Seahawks, did there not return is. because of a hip injury. Now, he was limited in practice this week, which I think for him... Him being limited in practice indicates that he's going to play this weekend, in my opinion, uh, because if he wasn't going to play, he wouldn't be practicing in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so there's 
those are things to keep an eye on. But those, again, are injuries that could be re-aggravated. But then also you look on the offensive side of the ball. Chandler Zavala, the rookie out of NC State, who started all three games at guard, once at right guard, twice at left guard. He's dealing with a calf injury. He's been limited in practice, but still practicing to an extent. When you have all these injuries start to mount up, this is not even going on top. And this is on top of Bryce Young. This is also DJ Chark still coming back from his hamstring injury. He was limited in practice yesterday because, again, he's still recovering from this. Also, Jonathan Mingo had a concussion against the Seahawks as well, but he's been practicing a little bit the last two days in practice, still to be determined when he actually does fully clear protocol. Uh, so there's a lot of these things that are start to mount up. This is where things can get tricky for coaches when it comes to who are you going to dress? Who are you going to have active for, for a game? Yeah, who do we have left? Well, exactly. So it's who do you have left, but it's also like, okay, well, Chandler's dealing with a, a calf injury. Do we dress an extra offensive lineman? to maybe if there's an aggravation to that injury or, hey, you know what? Do I need to dress an extra player in the secondary knowing that Xavier Woods is out, knowing that C.J. Henderson is you know coming back if an ankle injury? That's something that might get re-aggravated. Do I dress an extra defensive back? All right, so do you dress one less receiver? Do you dress one less running back? So it's, do you dress one less tight end? These things all start to mount up. These are all questions that coaches have to figure out. You have to have contingency plans going in. But man, this is looking like a mash unit right now for the Carolina Panthers. Which brings me to the third thing. We ever going to see DJ Johnson? That's a good The rookie third round pick out of out of Oregon? That's a good question. I'm going to get into a little bit later on in the show today at about 115 about the roster construction of the Carolina Panthers right now. Why a lot of this is really falls on Scott Fitterer right now. DJ Johnson, third round pick. Defensive end, edge rusher, outside linebacker, however you want to define it. When you have these guys that you draft in the third round, you expect them to play in some way, shape, or form. He hasn't. He actually dressed week one against the Atlanta Falcons. Played zero snaps, both special teams and defense. Literally dressed for the game, did warm-ups, and just stood on the sideline. I could have done that. I could have. At age 37, I'm like, give me a helmet. Let's hey, go. Hey, for their paycheck, I'll do it, too. Yeah, I'll take a half their paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Half, the, half their game check, just to stand, literally stand there on the side. Right. Jamie Robinson, fifth-round pick. We might see him this upcoming weekend just because, again, the injuries that we mentioned just a moment ago. But for Johnson specifically, the Carolina Panthers used a fourth-round pick to trade up in the third round. So they used two picks to go get this guy, and he's not even playing. Not even playing. It's just not smart management. Yeah, we'll get into this a little bit later on. Uh, again, about one fifteen. All right, fourth thing because it is week four for the Carolina Panthers. Adam Thielen facing his former team, the Minnesota Vikings. It'll be There's always something interesting. I think everyone has felt this before in some way, shape, or form in their life. No matter where you work, when you get taught, either you get told that you are not good enough because. Hey, you know what? We're actually going to move on. We're actually going to we're going to sign other people. We're going to let you go somewhere else. Or they get signed someone else or bring someone else in to take a spot that you are going for. A lot of people have dealt with that in their lives. So Adam Thielen, who has played his entire career with the Minnesota Vikings, the 10 seasons, if I remember correctly, 11. Last season, as the season progressed, kind of got pushed down in the in the depth chart. 
Eventually, he gets told, hey, you know what? You did a great job for us. Thank you for everything you've done, but we no longer need you. That's personal. <laughs> Anytime someone goes against a former team like this, when that's personal, I like to bet on that guy to ball out. Yeah, it's different. Just hits different. It does. And here's the thing as well. Who else is playing well as a receiving threat for the Carolina Panthers other than exactly. Adam Thielen? Go ahead. I'll wait. Tell me. Oh, no one? Exactly. No one's playing better in terms of the receiving group. That includes tight ends and running backs. Any of the skill guys on offense. I mean, honestly, he's been the best player on offense he for has. this Carolina Panthers team. So far this season, he sure has. He's been there. He's been the number one guy, uh, which we predicted because DJ Chark hasn't been healthy. But, yeah, Thielen's been Mr. Reliable. We'll see what he can do against his former team. By the way, this game coming up between the Vikings and the Panthers, 1 o'clock down at Bank of America Stadium this Sunday. Panthers can't afford to get into a shootout. This no. is a this is an offense for Minnesota that is scoring a lot. I know their defense is giving up a bunch, but Justin Jefferson is one of, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL. Who's covering him? Uh, you don't have J.C. Horn. Dante Jackson has been eh, suspect. And now you're down to... C.J. Henderson coming off of his ankle injury as well. And then, again, you're without Xavier Woods. So, okay, so you have Von Bell. Okay, you have Von Bell shading over towards whomever's guarding Justin Jefferson. Well, then leaves you really weak on the other side. And they got guys like Jordan Addison and K.J. Osborne, other guys that could torture you. And also, there's T.J. Hawkinson, the highest-paid tight end in the NFL, running down the middle of the field as well. Yeah, they have options. Yeah, they have a lot of options. They do. They could score. Now, the defense right now is, uh. And I've seen them play the Vikings even at home. And if you let them get a rhythm and start tacking on those points, they'll just run away with it. It will, it'll be nothing. Uh, Kirk Cousins will come out there and run away. Exactly. <laughs> say, say what you want about Kirk Cousins. He's the dude can put up yards and he points. He can. He can make stuff happen. The dude can put up yards and points, by the way. So the last two games for the Vikings, they've scored 28 and 24, 52 points. The Panthers this season in three games have 54. So there's that. Yeah, don't get in a shootout with this Panther uh, with this Vikings team if you're the Panthers because guess what? Your offense is not going to be able to keep up with them. It's someone's get-right game because they're both 0-3. Yes. All right, so that's four things on the Carolina Panthers. Let's switch things over to a little college football. A couple of big games this weekend here in the state of North Carolina. NC State actually in action tonight against Louisville. Now, before the season, Victoria, you and I did a little um, kind of like preseason superlative. Yeah. Or like we, we actually, we predicted end of the year awards right. for the ACC. We had a not sure what to make of this team award. Yeah. And we had a tie mm-hmm. between NC State and Louisville. <laughs> well, guess what? Look where we're at. I still don't know what to make of either uh, of these teams. Nope. I really don't. Now, both are undefeated in conference right now. NC State's lone loss has come against Notre Dame. That was at home a couple of weeks ago. But last week when they went up to Charlottesville to take on UVA, they had to squeak that out with a last-second field goal, and they won that one 24-21. Like, I'm sorry, you're, you're better, better than, than Virginia. Yes. Like, exactly, you're better than that. Now, Louisville, again, I don't know what to make of Louisville this season as a whole either because I'm looking at – you know, Louisville, what they've done so far this year, they had a, they struggled, but they beat Georgia Tech, a Georgia Tech team that we just saw actually beat Wake Forest. So maybe we're downplaying Georgia Tech a little bit. Maybe. And they blew out Murray State. 
Right. Good job. Yeah. Congrats. You beat an FCS school. And they beat Lou, uh, Louisville one on the road and beat Indiana 21 14. It's like, okay, that's a group of five win. I'm sorry, a power five win on the road. And they had put up a bunch of points, but also gave up a bunch of points to Boston College. They won that one 56 28. I do not know what to make of this team. They're 4 0. NC State's 3 1. But I'm also looking at it like, yeah, you're combined seven wins right now. But I'm like, uh, has anyone actually had like a true like quality win? Yeah. Like the best win, honestly, out of this group is Louisville over Indiana just because it's a power five school. That's it. That's all you could say right now. I mean, I know, yeah, NC State is a conference win themselves, but I don't know what to make of this one here tonight. Uh, here's Dave Doran. Dave Doran actually spoke to the media earlier today. Um, do we pull that clip, Victoria? We do actually. Uh, on just on how big this game is for both teams. Yeah, to win a big game, and that's what I just told the team. Like you know, you're playing a, a team that's undefeated in our league. We're undefeated in our league. Uh, you're on national television. It's a night game. You got a lot of reasons. You know, pick one uh, to go out there and play as well as you can play. And within those games, there's going to be guys that have moments you know for whichever team and obviously we'd like it to be on our team you know and who that's going to be time will tell but these are the kind of games where you know sometimes legacy type performances emerge hey legacy type performances whose legacy are we talking about here it's a good question either way fancy state gets this win you know what Props to you. This, this will be your best win so far this season. Yeah. Hey, that game against Notre Dame, by the way, was a 24-17 game pretty early in the fourth quarter. And NC State actually had the ball after they had an interception going into the end zone. Like, they were in plus territory. And they were failed to convert. Failed to get points off a turnover, which would have tied, could have potentially tied the game. And then, before you know it, Notre Dame just pulls away. I don't know what to make of this game. I really don't. Coming up, actually, at 145, Corey Smith. We're actually going to talk to him from Pack Pride uh, to kind of get his thoughts on this game coming up. Also, tomorrow, Duke, Notre Dame, the aforementioned Notre Dame Fighting Irish, at Wallace Wade Stadium. Big game, national spotlight once again for, for Duke. 7.30 game over on ABC tomorrow night. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Duke has been under the spotlight this year already. They had that first opening week, week one, Monday night football game on ESPN at home against Clemson. And the whole world was watching because guess what? It was Labor Day. There's no NFL game going on. Yeah. It's a prime time. You know what? I want to watch football. It's Clemson, a top 10 team at the time. And you're like, wait a second. Who's this Riley Leonard guy? Mm-hmm. Wait a second. This Duke team is actually locking things down on, on defense. They're shutting down this this Clemson offense. Clemson only got their seven points is because Duke muffed a punt. They turned the ball over. That's it. That's the only time they got seven points because it set them up in, in great field positioning. I know Duke in that game blocked a couple field goals and such, but they still got the job done. Yeah. 
That's impressive. They, they pulled away in that game. It wasn't like they squeaked that one out. They went they they won that game running away. So they've been in the spotlight already. And in their wins since, when they beat Lafayette, they beat UConn, they beat Northwestern, they took care of business in those games. But guess what? Now the eyes on the spotlight are back on you. How do you handle that big moment? Notre Dame has been in the spotlight in the big moments since forever. Yeah, they're used to it. They're used to it. Heck, last week they had a big high-profile matchup against Ohio State that went down literally to the last second. So they've been in it before. They were in it last week. How does this is something for Notre Dame going in? How does the emotion of of losing that game late last week against Ohio State, that emotional letdown, how much does that carry over into this week? Because sometimes it's it's you're like ah, it's still Duke, you know, because like, there's still that perception. Ah, it's just, just Duke. waiting for him to drop the ball. Exactly, literally, like figuratively. Yeah, li- yes, exactly. <laughs> just, this this, this might be the right time yeah. for Duke to really pounce on this. But also, again, you have college game days here. I think if you're Duke, you have to embrace that spotlight. Yeah. Like you've you've earned this. Right. Like you don't shy away from being in the spotlight and having game day there. Obviously, don't let it control it, like control your emotions and, and your energy going into the game. But you still got to embrace it. You know why? Because you built this thing up and you've earned it. You deserve it. Yeah. Use it in a good way. Exactly. Like, you know what? We deserve to be in this spot. We deserve to be nationally recognized. And guess what? Tomorrow night for the Duke Blue Devils, not only is it a big win for them, if they get the win, it's a big win for them. It's also a big win for the ACC. Because now it shows, wait a second, this Notre Dame team, their only loss was to Ohio State and it was by a point. And Ohio State's a top 10 team. And Notre Dame's right there. I think they're ranked 11th. But Duke gets the win. It's like, all right, Blue Devils, they can run with the big boys. Yeah. That's what you're proving here this weekend. Prove you can run with the big boys. I actually think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game. We saw Notre Dame's defense be stingy against Ohio State. Still questions about Ohio State's offense, actually, such uh, a quarterback. No questions at that for, for Duke going into this matchup. But Duke's defense is tough. It is. They're tough. I actually think they're going to give Sam Hartman a hard, difficult time. But I think the key actually is this. Their rushing attack for Notre Dame is pretty strong. But I think that defensive line for for Duke can hold their own. We saw in the game against Clemson, Duke's offensive line struggle with that pass rush from Clemson. They got to make sure that Riley Leonard is upright. Riley Leonard only has like three touchdown passes this whole season, but he's getting it done with his legs. That's something you got to take into consideration too. Riley Leonard just getting the job done. This is This is going to be a fun one tomorrow, 7.30 at Wallace Wade Stadium. It's going to be a fun one out there in Durham. Head to game day. By the way, Ken Jong, your guest picker on college game day. All right, final thing here real quick. Because we are contractually obligated to talk about golf on the Out of Gold Show, Ryder Cup in progress out there in Rome. Europe just playing the smackdown on the Americans right now. They're up 6-1. to one. Oh, wow. Yeah, 6-1. to one. Uh, in progress right now, um, as we speak, they're right now they're doing the Friday afternoon four ball. Uh, they did foursomes this morning. Uh, the Europeans, I think, swept four nothing. The Americans in foursomes. So yeah. Anyway, maybe that. they're tired, like Adam. Maybe, maybe they stayed up too late last they night. Maybe it was. Maybe they drank, or maybe they, you know, enjoyed too much Italian food because you know, when in Rome.
There it is. There it was. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. I literally just came with that one on the spot. I did not plan that. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.